Welcome to Steps Forward with Ricky, a weekly walking podcast designed to help you take steps forward in your life and your day. Welcome to Steps Forward with Ricky. I have my second guest, which I am very excited about, Katie Saltzman. I'm just going to have her introduce herself because she is a fiery, fiery. She is a person that has truly just honestly transformed her life over the last two and a half, three years. And if you know who she is, you've watched her transform. I've watched her transform. And we're just going to have a really raw, real conversation about life, love, breakups, business, all the things. So Katie, just who are you? Ah, I'm so excited for this conversation, excited for the realness and all of it. So in my business or personal life, well, my name is Katie Saltzman. I am a nutritionist. I help women with their health and metabolism. I'm also a business coach and I help women become the most authentic versions of themselves in their business. So personal branding expert, helping you scale your business. But really in my personal life, I have just transformed it over the last three or four years. So my biggest thing is I'm obsessed with women, helping women live a happy, healthy life that they're obsessed with. I think so many of us are just going through life, like ticking the boxes, checking things off a to-do list, and we're not actually living, which I was there a hundred percent, but to be 37 years old and feel like my life is getting started has been the best thing ever. And that's what I want every single person to feel. Okay. So I'm going to for all the listeners, I want to go back here. Okay. So I have been following Katie for a very long time. And actually I was on Katie's podcast like two years ago. So just to give everyone a real overview, this is this person that you're listening to now has very much transformed into this person. And I think the greatest thing about you personally has watching your evolution to go from this personal trainer, like not masculine energy, but like this more this personal trainer, more strategy-based energy to this nutritionist who's very focused on like macros and all these different things to the person you are now. There are so many people out there that don't know how to make the evolution happen and who they are. And you, it's been so inspiring for me to watch you be like, yeah, and I'm a business coach and I do this and I do that. And I want to, I want you to really like explain that process for you. Cause I know that it wasn't just like, I'm a business coach now I'm this now. Like, I know you had to have gone through like a rebirth mm-hmm. and nobody talks about this like messy rebirth. And I want you to talk about it. I want you to share who you were. What was that process like for you to get to where you are now? Like, what was that real process like for you? I feel like I've had a lot of rebirths and I love this conversation because I don't think no anybody talks about the messiness or the messy middle. And one thing that I was chatting with Ricky a little bit before, and I was telling her, I love what she does so much. And it's very much something that I did is I bring people with me. I'm not a look at me kind of coach or human. Like I'm on the other end of things and look at all I did. I'm like, come with me. I want you to be with me in the messiness. And I, over the last three years, I mean, I used to be married. I used to live in Detroit, Michigan. Again, and I went from leaving a marriage, leaving a pretty emotionally abusive relationship. I drove across the country to a city where I didn't know a single human being. Um, There's a lot of stuff that happened in the process. I decided to start life over. And I know that not everybody has this opportunity to do that, right? A lot of us are married. We have kids, we have families, we um, have networks, jobs that we can't leave. But the biggest thing that sparked that and the biggest thing that changed is that I decided to no longer live life for other people. 
I had lived most of my life. I grew up in a very conservative family, which I love my family. I have a great relationship with them, but I grew up with life looking one way in the church. I was going to get married young. I was going to have four or five kids, marry a man of God, work in a job that was going to be safe. Right. I was always like 401k safety, salary, all these different things. And my life couldn't look different. I just got remarried at 37. I have no kids. I have my own business. Um, But all of this started to kind of crumble at around 33 years old. And there were a lot of things before that, that spoke, that was like, it was almost like inside me, it was screaming that I knew I was living a life that I wasn't meant for. Um, I remember the night that I got married, I told my mom, I don't think I'm making the right decision. And as as a mom, like that's a really hard thing to hear. And of course you're paying for a wedding and you're like, no, no, you're fine. Yes, you are. Go down the aisle now. You just have cold feet, Katie. Like we just paid for this. But and now exactly. my, mom and I, my mom and I have the conversation and she's like, I wish I would have told you different advice, but I actually don't wish that because I'm glad I went through those seasons and transitions. Yeah. But internally, I knew that my life was built for other people. Even the way I ran my business, I was trying to show up online. That. Yeah. About how you ran your business for like that. Yeah. So I was trying to show up online like everybody else, cookie cutter, copy and paste. It was working for them. It was going to work for me. So content was created like everybody else says. I wasn't even showing my personality at all. And I got to a point where I was so sick of it that I just couldn't do it anymore. I decided to break everything down and rebuild it and start over. Tell me about that process. Because there had to have been, I know at least for me, there's like this push, there can be like this resistance or this pushback and that resistance. Okay. How do you know when the work that you're doing is out of alignment versus fear of next level? That's a really good question. I mean, I think it's internally, you know, that a lot, like we know fear of next level, but we also know like something doesn't feel right. And I knew that I wasn't me. I wasn't showing what I wanted to show. I wasn't talking about the things that I wanted to talk about the depth. And I knew that that was actually going to get me to next level. And one thing for me is I'm a huge proof of concept person, a little bit type A. I want to know something is going to work, right? So making a big transition is really scary. But here's, if you're a proof of concept person, this is what helped me, is my proof of concept was what I had been doing was not working. It's so, it's so, that's seriously, I always say that. Yeah. It's, that, that is the proof of concept. Yes. I was the unhappiest I'd ever been. I was living life for everyone else. I wasn't passionate about anything that I was doing. And I think one thing for me between fear of next level and not being in alignment is like, I wasn't excited about anything. That's That's probably the biggest thing, right? Like you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to be in it. You don't want to like share it. You're like, uh, I just show up for this thing. It's like, okay, it's gonna bring me money. Like, how were you doing like financially really well? Was that like, or you were just like posting? Yeah. Yeah. So when I left my marriage, it was it was pretty scary because I signed a lease. Like I left my marriage with a husband that made more than six figures, paid all of the bills, and I signed a lease not making enough money to pay my rent, which was so crazy. But I had this belief in myself that I was going to effing do it. I was going to figure it out and I was going to do it. And I was okay for maybe the first month or two. Within three months, my business had tripled because I leaned into what was right for me. And I was also in a marriage where it wasn't really supported to have my own business and be myself and and talk about those things. It it was supported to a certain extent, but it was very much um, he wanted sort of a normal wife. 
Um, he, he had that conversation with me and that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hmm. I think that something I really love about you, I love a lot of things about you, but something I really love about you is, so I've always like stayed in things too long, like addictions, not re- maybe relationships. It's been a while, businesses, niches. Um, and for me, it's always been this, like, what's right, what's wrong, what's right, what's wrong. Maybe you're just self-sabotaging because you don't want to do it now. Right. Like this conversation, but like Katie is somebody who over the last, I think like mostly like six to eight months, I would say for you, you really have like allowed yourself to evolve. Like not just like you've built this business. Like you're like, I'm going to create this membership and I'm going to get a tattoo and I'm going to have these photo shoots and I'm going to change the way I speak to people. Like Katie's an incredible, you're incredible content creator. So like just even your content, you're just like, fuck it. I'm not just nutritionist. I'm not just body. Like you're like, I am soul. I am wealth. But like, how did that happen for you? How did you like, was there always like a moment? Was there always like this, like, I want to be a business coach. I want to help women with wealth. It was because of you were doing so well in your business. Like what made you to think like, I want to take this in direction. Like, were you scared? Of course. I still am scared. Even now transitioning more to business than health. It still really scares me getting rid of things that are no longer aligning. I'll share this on the podcast right now. And like, this is something that I'm just going to start sharing in the next week or two. I love my membership, but it's not aligning with me anymore. It's not aligning. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about that right now. Tell me me more about that. Okay. So I initially created the house of health membership to be able to speak to more women. And I also wanted a different price point outside of just high ticket coaching or higher ticket group programs. I wanted a way to create impact for more women. And I love the women that are in the group and that membership, but it's speaking on a different level than what I'm passionate about now, right? In that moment, right? I've almost had this for a year now. So I'm a very big person where I don't want to give up after three or six months. I always ask myself, have I been doing this long enough to know if I'm going to be successful with it, to know if I love it? And a lot of people don't stick in it long enough, right? They do it for three months and memberships are long games. If you're building a membership, it is a long game. Um, And I started to feel this a couple months ago and I was like, I haven't been doing it long enough. Let me see where I am in three months. What did you start to feel? Explain the feeling. Yeah. I started to feel not as excited to show up and I felt like the group wasn't connecting as much and I'm never blaming other people. Like if the group isn't connecting, I feel like that's me as a leader. There is some sort of disconnect there. Um, I'm also going into a season where I'm married now. We want to have a family this year and I don't know what life is going to look like. And I don't want to build this membership where I'm showing up for live workouts on the weekends when that might not be where my life is going. And I'm not saying that I don't, I won't have a membership in the future. I'm just saying for right now, there are so many other things that I'm passionate about that I want to put my energy into. And if something isn't feeling super aligned, even though it's successful, I know I'm going to be three times more successful at something else that feels really aligned. First of all, that's, I just love you because you're just so like, that's really hard. It took me two years to walk away from walking away from weed and it wasn't working. And I just like the fact that you are just like, cause like you, that's like a membership. Like I've watched you launch it. I watched you, you know, create, like it has a logo. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So like the fact that you're brave enough to be like, it's not working for me. And like that 
feeling, it's probably that feeling. I think you, the first thing you said was that you weren't excited. Mm, yeah. Like that's the, and that was the very first thing that you said last time. You were just like, if you're not excited. So like yeah. the feeling is, is like, if you, if it's like not dreadful, but like kind of like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have to do this thing. Like I got to I got to show up for this thing. Cause it's like what I do now and people are paying and like, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It has turned into that. And, and I like, I'm really passionate. What was that? Is there a level of guilt that you feel? Yes. Okay. So I I really want to touch on that because it, you have, you really have to reframe failure. Like if you are going to be someone in life that wants to be growth-based and you want to go through different seasons and you don't want to be the same human now that you were last year, you are going to have to reframe failure because there are things that will feel like failures, especially as a business owner, whether it's a launch, whether it's creating something like House of Help. In my mind, it was going to have different podcasts and coaches coming in. It was going to be this really, really big thing. And it didn't grow to that. Is it a membership with 70 plus women in it that are loving what I'm doing? Yes. And I love all of them so much but it's no longer what feels good for me. So it's like, I could say, yes, that's a failure that I created a logo and a whole launch for, or I could say that served its purpose. And I know what I don't want, which is one step closer to what I actually do want. What do you want? Huh. <laughs> I want to create more stuff around business for women. That's what I think that's that, that yeah. feels like that's where you're headed. Yeah. And, and it's not even just, I would say the business aspect, because I really love the idea of health and wealth. And I think they both go together. Um, people say your network is your net worth. I think your self-worth is honestly your net worth. And if you don't feel worthy and confident in the way that you're showing up and you don't love who the F you are, nobody else around you is going to either. Um, so I really want to merge this high level health and wealth together. And when it comes to a fitness or a health membership, um, you're competing with a lot of other macro apps and workout apps, and you're just speaking to different things, right? You're speaking to maybe consistency or struggling with your relationship with food and macros. And look, those things are, yes, those things are real. And that was Katie two or three years ago. And there are a lot of coaches that can help you with that, but it's just no longer me. I get it. Like, I get it. It's like, it's so hard like you want to stay because like that party wants to stay, but like the party that's like, eh, this is, we're out, like we're done. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it's, it, that really is, it's a hard decision to make. It's also this people pleasing side of me that like, oh. I, I'm like, I am such a people pleaser. I'm trying, I'm like a recovering people pleaser, but it's yeah. still ingrained in me as a human where I want to help everyone. And so I've had to step into this fear of I'm not for everyone. And that's really scary for me. Do you, did you ever have this fear like, or like, how did you work through this? Like, okay, I'm changing, not my niche. I'm just changing my direction. Like, what if no one signs up? Like, what if no one wants to work with me? Like, what if I don't have the audience? Like, have you ever had those thoughts? I have. Yeah. I, of course I've had that. It would, it would be not human to not have those thoughts. Um, but at the end of the day, what I think I've done really well is I've created a community of really loyal followers who are following me as a human and my story and what I offer and my excitement and the value that I pour into them. And so some of them might not be business owners and they're still following me and really excited for me and hype me up. But I think when you focus on building a community versus just selling a product or a course, um, people come with you along the way. I would say 60% of the people in my business programs have also been in a health program with me. Right. 
which has been pretty amazing to see them transition and stay with me through the whole, whole, whole thing. Well, I think it's empowering. I think it gives them, it empowers them because they're like, oh, she can change directions. Like I can change directions. She's going first. It's like, and I'm sure that there are people in your life that probably like were like catalysts for you. Yeah. I mean, if, of course, if I was thinking a, a business, you know, an entrepreneur came to me and she was like, I don't love what I'm doing. I wouldn't be like, well, let's try and change the wording and see how we can sell this better. I would be like, girl, what do you love? What are you passionate about? How can you change people's lives with a problem that you solve? You know, like we would right. totally pivot. So why would I not do that myself? It's so true. I was working with a business coach recently who I absolutely love. I hired her um, in November. Cause I was like, okay, I need to get walking away from weed. Like one last chance. <laughs> it's just like one last shot here. Cause like, I honestly have been over it. I, I, it's probably very apparent for months. Yeah. It was here. a past season. Purpose. And I was, I've been over it for a whole one full year, but then, then I got off my Adderall and I was like, well, maybe I'll be a different person. You, know, you come up with all these excuses. You're like, well, maybe like my body and brain will be different. Like maybe I'll be able to hold the success. You just like, you're like, well, I want to self-sabotage. And you go through these, these, you fight with yourself. And I hired this business coach. Cause I was like, I'm going to, I felt like I was speaking to people that like the same way you feel about your membership. Just like, it's, it's not the conversation. It's not the, the convincing the, whatever it is, you know, like having to convince people that they want to be healthy, having to convince people they don't want to be on drugs. Like I just, I can't. And I just, like, I just, you know, can't you, get, do it. you can't do it, but you know, the guilt and the shame and the, yeah. I do everything that I possibly can. So I was like, well, now I'm off medicine. Now I'm off all these things. Like maybe it'll be different. I hired this coach. We created this new program, high achievers for high achieving weed smokers, which now when I say it out loud is like, I don't know, it's kind of ridiculous, but like, yeah. I just, she said to me like 60 days in our work together. Cause she's really smart. And she was, I was like, you know, can you help me with content? She was like, I got to be quite really just frank with you. She's like, you don't like what you do. I was like, but <laughs> she was like, you are the most obvious, like unfiltered human being I've ever met. And you genuinely don't like what you do. And I'm like, she's like, and I cannot as your coach continue to feed you a strategy when you legitimately are not meant to be doing this. And I was like, she was like, I was like, how do you know? She's like, well, you didn't even, you didn't even say no. You didn't even fight me on it. She's I like, love her. You just said like, she was just like, cause I can, and, and you probably have it. Like you, if someone came to you as a business coach and you know, you, someone said like, you can feed someone the strategy, you can give them the content, but if they don't like what they do, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. She was like, you, she was like, you made $8,000 in 48 hours. And now you don't want to continue launching. You have a month left of your launching. Why? She was like, because it's not a, because it's not, it's only about like, it's not about like the program for you. Yeah. It's like, you're just looking for like a quick hit or whatever. Yeah. You were trying to reinvent the wheel on something you weren't aligned with. Right. And like, I love my high achievers program. I love the people in it, but it's not because of weed. It's because like of them. And it's like, cause they, where they want to go. But yeah, I was trying to, she was like, I think you were trying to call in a different client. So you were like reinventing this like different program at a higher price point thinking like that would make you feel different. And then when she said that to me, it's like, everything is a mirror. It's like, I could have convinced myself for six more months that I wanted to do it. Mm. It was just like, it's okay. Like, it's okay if you're done. Yeah. I was like, are you sure? Just paid you $10,000. Yeah. Are you sure? 
<laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. What I realized in all these transitions is that we're so insanely obsessed and focused on what we're going to lose. We're going to lose income. We're going to lose clients. For me in my personal life, I was going to lose friends. I was going to lose respect from family for, you know, walking away from a marriage and moving to a city and starting my life over. And we're never focused on what we're actually going to gain. Like in, we don't know what we're going to gain. We don't know because there's not proof of concept, right? right. But the thing right. is, is you're only going to know if you make that choice and that decision. And it's scary because you want this like giant comfort blanket to jump on, land on, and it's just everything's going to be okay. It's going to be messy, right? When I moved to Denver, if you know my story, I had all yes. my stuff stolen, which is Crazy. wild. Right. I slept on an air mattress for three months. I went from this like nice, beautifully furnished place in Birmingham, Michigan to an air mattress in Denver in a city where I didn't know anyone. I lost it all. I lost my network, myself, my relationships, all the comfort in my life, but I gained the ability to rebuild the most effing amazing life. And yeah. And that's what I have to land on. So it's like, what if we stopped worried about what we're going to lose these like weights that are actually holding us down these anchors and we let them go and we were able to build what we wanted. And yes, it's going to look messy. The first three months I moved here, the amount of ugly cries on the phone I had on the kitchen floor with my mom was ridiculous. Right. But on the other side of that, you find out who you are and you find this different version of you and this strength and this confidence that you never thought was possible because you chose to keep going. Tell me three things that you did in that time that really helped you actually like pick yourself off the ground. Like, what did you do? Because I, besides, I know the first few months are really hard, but like then what was, what were the steps you actually took? Like, what did you actually do to get off the ground? Such a good question. Number one, realize that this was my rock bottom and I could look at this as a rock bottom and have low as me. Or I could say, you have spent your whole life building a life based on what other people want for you. So I literally remember sitting on the floor vividly and I was like, what do you want? I think it's in a video. Oh, it's in um, the movie with Ryan Gosling where he's like, what do you want? What do you want? That's how I felt. I was like, what do I want? Who do I want to show up as? Who is Katie? And like, I had to have that honest conversation with myself. And the second thing- Did you know? Or you just like, I don't know. So I, I, I was trying to figure it out. I hired a self-discovery coach and hired a trauma-informed therapist, which is two of the best things that I've ever done in my life. I worked with both of them for six months um, and they really, truly changed my life. They challenged me to do things like go on dates with myself, which I had never done. I had always been in a relationship. I always had this comfort zone. Um, I remember a conversation with my therapist. She said, Katie, what do you do for fun? And I was like, I work out. She was like, Okay. Next question. Bicep curls and deadlifts are off the table. What do you do for fun? And I was like, well, I really like my business and what I do. And she's like, Katie, that's not what I'm asking you. No business, not working, not working out because that's part of what you do. What do you do for fun? And I was like, I honestly have no answer because there's not a single thing in my life that I do for fun. I don't do anything that personally brings me joy, freedom, growth, you name it. And she's like, we have to find that. And she asked me, when was the last time you remembered yourself having fun? And it was crazy. My my answer was like high school or college when I was like dancing with my friends. We're talking years before, right? I'm like 15 years out of that. So she said, I want you to sign up for a dance class. 
And that was a moment that changed. If you know me now, I'm always dancing. I just got my yeah. like this hip hop turn up dance certification. And yeah. I started having fun again. I started taking dance classes, learning how to dance in my mid thirties is the most humbling thing I've ever done. But in like beginner hip hop, trust me, is not beginner hip hop from where I was at. It's hard. Um, I I did things like, you know, there's this big hill in Denver that I would go on walks on. And I was with a girlfriend one time and I was like, hey, I know this is crazy, but my therapist is really challenging me to have more fun and do more things like I was a kid. And I was like, can we roll down this hill? And it's this giant hill in the middle of Denver. There's probably people all around. So we decided to roll down this hill and we were in hysterics at the bottom. Like we were laughing so hard and it was this beautiful sunshiny day. And I just thought like, these are the moments that made the true changes in my life. Just like going to find enjoyment, like true, like, and people, a lot of people think it's like, and like, if you can't do, if you can't find someone to do it with, just go do it. Yeah. Like yeah. taking a dance class or going for the walk or signing up for a class or just like going to a meetup or just doing something yeah. to push yourself. Because I also think it's like, it's it's the ability to stretch your nervous system, the capacity for it to like hold things. So like if your nervous system is only used to you doing your routine and this and that, like anything outside of it is like you're stretching your capacity. Yes. Yeah. Our identities are so wrapped up too in being a mom or being an entrepreneur or a business owner, or, you know, an influencer, whatever content creator you you are. Your identity is so wrapped up in that. But finding who you are outside of that and also who you are before anybody told you who you were meant to be is the most important thing in life. And whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, it is never too late to find who you are and who you're meant to be. It is also never too late to find the love of your life. Can we talk about Max? Yeah, of course okay, we can. Before, before we even go into this, um, Katie moved to Denver 2022? Um, 2021. Yeah, 2000, um, 21, 21. Like the end, right? Yep, end of 2021. Okay, because I feel like we were on the same timelines of like, like just like uprooting our lives. Yes. Um, I remember my stepmom was like, there's this girl, Katie, and she started a podcast and she's going to move to Denver. And I'm like, okay, I'm just saying you should reach out to her. And I did reach out to you. Yes. That's how we connected because I I used to be an instructor at Equinox and she would take my classes. Yep. That's just so funny because I feel like we were on similar life journeys. Yeah. You were like, we were were both just like, fuck this life. Not for us. Like we're out. Single. Um, I'm going to do what I want. It's just incredible. So anyways, Katie had moved to Denver and, you know, she went through a lot. And then I just like, remember, I actually remember this. Like, I think it was like one Instagram story that you posted of you with a guy walking. Like he was in your walking, like you only his feet. Okay. And Katie like shares her life and stuff. So I was just like, who's this foot guy? Who's this guy? All of a sudden, like you were on a walk and it was just like his feet. And he like, from what I remember, it was like nice. It was like Nike. It was like nice gym shoes. Yeah. Like Jordan's. Like, yeah. Something like that. And I was like, and it's not like going to work out. You're going to work out. Okay. And I was like, mm, this is weird. Who is this guy? And I'm me and my detective, like crazy self. And I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, Katie's definitely dating someone. And then like, you just like went public with it. I think like a few months later, mm-hmm. let's talk about Max. Let's talk about, I want you to share the story about how you met. Cause that's such a beautiful story. I love this story of manifestation and just the coffee and all of this. And I just want to talk about it because like, 
I'm 35. Mm-hmm. I've not met the love of my life yet. And Katie is such a good example of like, just it's, it's, you don't have to worry. Mm. Okay. Anything can change in a year. Tell me about Max. Okay. Yes. Tell me about where you were, what was the, like, where were you before him and the manifestation? Yeah. And this is some beautiful story. You guys are going to love this. Max was the most unexpected human uh, for me to meet in my entire life at a time where I didn't even think that I needed him. And this, I love that you say manifestation because this story, I'm not a super woo-woo person. I am a little bit, I dabble in it, but I'm also like, I need to feel a little bit more grounded. Like I, I sort of toggle between the two, but this story really made me believe in manifestation. So I was at a point where when I moved to Denver, I was totally committed to being single. I had been with someone most of my life. So I was like, I'm not going to go on dates. I'm not going to go on dating apps. Dating apps didn't really feel good to me. I'm a really like connection person. And I'm like, I don't want someone judging me off of how I look. I don't want to judge them off of it. I was also on the TikTok algorithm of like dating nightmares. And it felt just like I didn't want to even go there. Um, So I was like, I'm committed to 12 months of being single. So I did that. I ended up being single for like 15, 16 months. And in this time, everybody would always ask me, when are you going to go on dates? Katie, how are you going to meet someone? You're never, cause I don't really go to bars and I'm not out and about. I am in the city, like during the day or out with friends, but never for the purpose of meeting somebody. Everyone in my never like, not really. No, no, really. Yeah. I don't drink. So I wasn't really going out at night and Yeah. yeah, it just wasn't the night scene, I feel like for me, I'm, I'm in bed early. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of a yeah. grandma when it comes to that. Um, so everybody was very worried about if I was ever going to meet right. someone. If you don't go out and yeah. Yeah. They would ask me consistently, you have to get on a dating app, Katie. It's yeah. the only way. And I was like, no, I'm going to meet someone drinking coffee. And I realized this was a really good thing to say because people wouldn't really say anything back to it. I'm like, I'm going to meet someone in a really natural, authentic way, like at a coffee shop. I just know it. And I just believe it. And I realized why that that- you, Why did you even like, that just came out of your mouth out of randomly? Yes. I don't know. I just said it. And I realized it started to kind of get people off my back, but also like, I would say internally, I really did want to meet someone in an authentic yeah. way. Um, however, I was healing my hormones at the time. So I wasn't even drinking coffee, which was wild, but I, okay. In all of this, I started to go downstairs in the morning and there was this guy named Max that worked downstairs. Keep in mind, I was in a season of not dating. So I wasn't even like, oh, I think I have crushes on this guy's or giggly or butterflies. I was very much independent. I'm going to have a kid on my own. If I want to have a kid on my own, I'm doing life on my own. So I wasn't even really open to it, but there was this really nice guy downstairs and I would go down there and he'd be sitting by the coffee machine, right? So we would sort of have coffee in the morning. Yeah. You live in the same building. You live in the same building. Yes. Hey, what? You can just leave that part out. <laughs> no, okay. You were like, what building? What the hell is she talking yeah, about? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Backtrack. We live in the same building. There okay. is a common area downstairs. I really wasn't used to this because I had never lived in a city. Like apartments right. in Michigan, you have your oh. apartment and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Like go to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> in cities, there's this common area, workspace, there's a coffee machine, all the things. So I started to go down there in the mornings and I started to notice him and we would say hi. And then I started to feel like this, maybe a little bit of like, I kind of want to see this person more. So I would go down there in the mornings and get coffee. And I would literally go upstairs and dump it out because I wasn't drinking coffee at the time. 
But our one minute conversations turned into like two minutes, turned into five minutes, these little morning coffee dates where we were getting to know each other without any intention involved in it whatsoever. We were just having genuine conversations. This happened for six months, like six months, which is a pretty much every day, every weekday. We didn't really see him on the weekends. Um, and I'm like, this guy is, he, he must have a girlfriend or something. Like he's not going to ask me out. I'm getting friend zone. Cause we've been doing this for six months. So, so what, you go down there and you would talk for like five or 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about work, family, different things, where he was from, where I was from. It was a little bit different every single day. Okay. And towards the end, there was, was definitely like a really long conversation or some of them were just like 10 minutes. Yeah. I would say more like five or 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Never really super long conversation, but towards the end, you could really tell that we were like developing feelings towards each other. So my friends, and I was, I was like 15 months out at this point of like being with someone or dating someone. I'm like, I'm past my phase. Maybe I should try and go for this. Um, my friends convinced me to ask them out on a date. I never asked a guy out on a date again, how I grew up was like the man does it, let him ask you out on the date. And also like I'd been with my husband since I was 18 years old, right? So it was never really, I didn't know how to date or how to ask them out, but they hyped me up. I asked them out on a date. Um, So we started talking in like April or May. This was October. End of October, we went on our first date and... Okay, hold on. So you asked them out. (laughs) Yeah, I asked them out. Like what, what? I remember I was so nervous. I was pacing back and forth in my apartment in the morning. I was starting to sweat and I'm like, okay... Of course, like I would normally be down there in pajamas and I had like pajamas. I put some makeup on. I was like, you got this, Katie, you have to ask him out. And I went down there and we were chatting and I I was sort of talking myself out of it. And I just said, Hey, would you ever want to go grab a drink sometime? And he was like, yeah, I would love that. Um, so we exchanged numbers and he texted me and he was like, just so you know, if you wouldn't have asked me, I would have asked you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we went on our first date and then the rest is history. It was end of October. Um, you went on your first date. Yeah. What was your first date? Like it was awesome. It was such a cool first date because we had gotten all of the surface level stuff out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. The small talk. So we had such depth. We like dove right into like life and sort of things we had been through and just having really cool conversation that you don't normally have. And he felt at that point, he felt like such a friend, um, that I had gotten to know, which was so different. There was no nerves involved or anything. And in that date, I was like, I really have feelings for this guy. Cause Max is somebody I, I tell him he's like a unicorn. There are not a lot of guys out there like him and he can hold space for a lot. And he's been through a lot and he's done the work. And so it was just a very natural connection. Cause we had both come out of a season where we had done the work and we were so okay with being on our own and we knew who we were. So it was very easy to find ourselves with each other. When did you know he was the one? I would say pretty quickly. I had tried to, he, he would say he know, he knew before me. Um, I kind of, I need to plug my computer in. Yeah. Hold on. No, you're fine. Okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Don't worry. I'm just plugging the computer in. Yeah. Don't worry, sweetie. You're okay. My love. Is that your dog? Yeah. You want to say hi, baby? Come here. Come here, my love. Queenie, come here. Come here. Having a dog the best. The best, but she's like so large. She's 70 pounds, 11 months. I can't. 70 pounds? Come here, baby. Yeah, she's a big girl. I haven't seen her in a while. Come here. Come on, my love. Come here. Hi. 
Hi, baby. Oh, look at that face. It's so special. She's like so sweet. Look at her. She is unreal. Quinny, come here. Can you give mama a paw? Thank you. She's really sweet. You are such a good girl. Mama, I love you too. She's so sweet. Look at her. She's she's really as tall as me. I love her. Yeah, she's like very cute, very clear. She just sits like this all day. I'm like, don't bro, dogs just change your life? They do. I'm like, bro, can you get off me? <laughs> she literally sits like this all day. Oh my gosh. Now she's gonna bug me now. It's okay, baby. It's enough now. It's over. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Time to shine. That was it. Oh, honey. It's okay. I love you too. You're okay. She's so sweet. She's so she's 70 pounds almost. Yeah. Months. So she's still gonna grow. This this girl is huge. She's a big girl. I she haven't seen her since she was like a puppy. Yeah, she'll probably be 85 pounds. <laughs> love this for her. She's so large. And she looks at me and I'm just like, why are you so big? And why are you staring at my soul? She's so large. <gasps> okay. Anyway, so how fast did you know Max was the one? I would say pretty quickly. He would say he knew before me. Um, but I, within, I would say probably a couple of months or even before then. Yeah. So we went on our first date and then he was traveling for three weeks. And then my sister was having a baby. So I went back to Michigan for three I remember weeks. That. I listened to this on your podcast, actually. Yeah. So didn't you watch Charlotte? Didn't he watch her for you? He did in January when my grandpa passed away, he watched her. Mm-hmm. for me. So we went on our first date and then we went six weeks without seeing each other. And in that time, again, wow. were phone calls were FaceTime, just like a lot of deep conversations. So when I, when I got back from that trip, like we had been yeah. talking at this point for eight, nine months, we hadn't even kissed yet, but we had had the most deep conversations. <laughs> So I got back from my trip. He helped me unpack my car and he like kissed me right away. And sort of in that moment, we just have been inseparable since. Oh my God. That's amazing. He it seems is. really wonderful. He really is. He really is. My, uh, our story is a story that I didn't think was possible, that I never thought was possible for me. I didn't think it happened. It sort of like felt like a movie, um, but it really is possible if you lean into the, the things that you truly want in life. Um, and I know you and I chatted a little bit before about timelines and not making decisions based on timelines. And it was the only time in my life where I had started to say, screw timelines. I'm not going to live my life out of fear of what I've been told it should look like the whole time. And when I was able to do that and accept where I was, um, I, I wasn't willing to accept things that I didn't deserve. Like if I would have came to Denver and got right on dating apps, and I honestly probably would have got myself in a situation where I settled very similar to what I did before. And I'd be living a really different life than I'm living now. That's a really good message. Cause I know that like so many women, like, I mean, I like, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've like frozen your eggs or not, but I like feel so anxious. I have not done it. And it makes me feel very anxious and I'm turning 36 mm-hmm. this next month. And it's just the only thing I can think about. And, you know, I, I don't know if you ever like, this is like a, not a good way to think, but sometimes I keep thinking like, if I just had made different decisions, like if I just wasn't addicted to things for so long, or if I just had gotten that job, or I just had done that, like I would not be in this timeline. And it's such a, it's such a awful way to think because it's like, you didn't and yeah. you weren't. And like, this is your life. This is your timeline. 
it's like, there's nothing we can do about those decisions. Right. And, and I, I had so many of those thoughts, especially when I moved here, like, why didn't you just stay comfortable in Royal Oak, Michigan? Why couldn't you just be this normal wife? Why right. couldn't you just, you know, you had a husband that made six figures and outside looking in, it probably would have been an ideal life. Why couldn't you just stay there? But I would have lived a life that felt unfulfilled and that felt unhappy. And I was just, I was unwilling to do that. And so you could look and say, if I wasn't addicted to things for so long, but if you weren't addicted to things for so long, you also wouldn't be living the life you're living right now, a fun, a freedom. You wouldn't be embodying what you are. You might not be an entrepreneur, right? You also don't know what 2024 and 2025 holds. Like it could be like your best years yet or ahead, but you wouldn't have that. If fingers crossed, <laughs> I believe that they fully are. You wouldn't have that if you wouldn't have gone through the things that you've gone through. And also think about the hundreds of lives that you've impacted because of your story. I know you just, people, we get so caught up in like, it's, it's just the timeline. If that's yeah. it. Yeah. It's very, it just can feel very stressful, but I think you're a really good example of like, screw the timelines, like be your own, be your own time on your own time in your own time. Um, tell me, yeah, I was going to say, I say that, but also I'm sitting here with the fear of, I never had my eggs frozen. Um, I did talk to a doctor about it. I had the consultation because again, I was going to do this all on my own. Um, but I'm at a point here where I'm 37, like Max and I are trying for kids this year and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what that holds. I haven't done all this in-depth testing because I didn't want to suck the fun out of it. If I had to go that route, I will go that route. But I also wanted a couple of months of like, let's just kind of have fun and try. So of course, fear kicks in and I I have no idea what is going to happen or or what is going to end up. Um, So it's easy for me to say that now, but I just know that I'll figure it out. I'm resourceful. You're, (laughs) You're resourceful and you'll figure it out. And like everyone figures it out. I always see these people that like met their husband at 37 or, you know, 36, like you, and then they get pregnant a year later. And like, it's like life moves really slow until it moves really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's something that I've always like kind of like known is like, sometimes you have seasons of slowness and then like all of a sudden, like life will just continue to move very fast. Mm, yeah. I, I'm always living in this, like, I always try and keep the balance equal of like 40% like fear and panic. And 60%, nothing has ever happened in my life that hasn't eventually worked out for me. Right. Right. But we get in trouble when the fear and the panic is like the 60, 70, 80%. And the anything positive is a lot lower. And don't you think that I'm only speaking from my own personal experience that people just stay in things out of that desperation? Yeah. Out of fear. Out of fear. Like just total and complete fear. And it's, it's really if people need to understand the difference between fear, resistance, and a misalignment, and like, what is the difference between these three things and like how to know when to level up or how to know when to take a step back. I really think it's very, I'm very, will be very like from the outside looking at how people will react to your holding, um, ending your membership. Cause I just keep coming back to that. Cause I think it's such a big, that's a big step of just like this. You lost, it sounds like you lost the vision. Yeah, I did. I I think the vision ended up being different than I thought. And I really tried to critique myself at first and get down on myself. Like, is this me as a leader? What did I do wrong? Did I not speak to it the right way? But I also think sometimes 
things serve a purpose in a season and a reason. I've learned a lot about memberships and I'm a business coach. So I know how to build a membership. I can teach you how to have a really successful membership, but I also want you to be really effing passionate about it. And that's a little bit of what I've lost. That's the biggest thing. The passion. Like if you don't like what you talk about, like it's just game over. It's just, how do you even And also I'm doing them a disservice. They're paying and investing in something that is no longer lighting me up. And I don't want that for them either. Right. I think it's really beautiful because I think it's going to be really empowering for people who are in things that like, if I didn't know you and I saw that, I'd be like, wow, like I can leave this thing or, okay, I can make this decision because like this person made this decision and it was working. And it's the whole, like, it's working, it's working, it's working. That really trips people up. Yeah. Like just because it's working doesn't mean it's right. And I always tell people like, just because it feels good doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's just because it's like, if it's not right, it's wrong. That's mm-hmm. my whole thought process. And I think yeah. people always try to find reasons why it's wrong or why it's right. And like, sometimes it's just a feeling. It's not a hell yes to hell no. It's true. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I'm like, everything feels like a hell no for me. So I'm like, what is a hell yes? Yeah. And it might <laughs> take time. Right. And the timeline, it's like, just forget about the timeline yeah. and just like live in the moment. Yeah. Okay. If you could leave, okay. This is a question I've been asking people and I just made it up like last week. Cause you're my second guest. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> three pieces of advice for life. Okay. One for life, one for relationship, one for business. One for life relationship and business. Okay. Um, the life one will always be, um, my, my best, my favorite thing that I had on repeat is what if it works out better than you imagine? Okay. I love that. Are wired for worst case scenario. And this is something that I had on sticky notes when I was in the thick of it, like living on an air mattress in Denver where I didn't think anything was going to work out. And I felt like everything was working against me. It was like, what if it works out better than you possibly imagine? You just say that to yourself. It did. It did like on repeat because you will be wired for worst case scenario. And it requires you to rewire yourself to really have this like belief in yourself. That's what most of us don't have is a belief that it is possible. And if you really think about it, no matter what season you're in right now, you could be in your lowest of lows. There's never been a season in your life that you haven't come out of stronger and better that hasn't served its purpose. So this one is too. So like that should actually give you confidence and belief that it is going to work out better than you could possibly imagine. It's going to be totally okay. Yeah. Um, As far as relationships, my best advice would, would truly be around timelines um, and knowing that like what you want is possible and it is there um, and stop making decisions out of fear based on what every single person has told you and based on other people's stories. Cause you're creating a story for yourself that is untrue and it doesn't have to be your story, but it will be if you continue to have that on repeat. Right. Right. If you want to meet someone in an authentic way, if you, if you want to drop the timelines, if you want to do things on your own, if you don't want to be in the dating apps, or if you do, you get to make those decisions for you and you get to decide what this looks like. Um, but I, I would say don't settle for less than you want just because of a timeline. I love that. Yeah. And business and business. My best advice for business is to be the most authentic version of you. Um, because Every single person that I've met has started a business based on somebody else's strengths, what somebody else is doing, what their content, the program that's working for them. And if you are building a business based off of somebody else's strength, it's it's not 
if it's going to fail, it's when it's going to fail. So fucking true. Yeah. Cause you haven't built a business off of you. And the thing is, is that like what you have to offer and your story and your authenticity is what is going to breed connection, community, and also income and sales, right? If you want to scale a business, there are a million coaches out there teaching, you know, the top three tips to not be bloated, but like, what is your story and what is your reason? Why are you so passionate about helping women? And that's what we need to see more of. There's a sea of same on Instagram. And if you want to stand out from the sea of same, it means that you have to step into the most authentic version of you. So true. I love that. This is amazing. Yeah. Wait, let's take a picture. Yes. Okay, hold on. What are we doing? Picture, boomerang. Do we do boomerangs anymore? I don't think. No, we don't do boomerangs anymore. That timeline's out. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I just did it. It's so cute. Um, Okay, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was good seeing you. We need to connect more.